Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Oh, Lord, I already messed up. Mm, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is the podcast and where you, you got to love it. You got to love it. All right. Oh, wait. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian's Adams. On today's episode, we are mixing up some topics. We're talking about preferences as well as ideal relationships, and the person I have with me today is Wesley. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I guess a little bit jumbled up a little bit, but you know, <laughs> life is still good. So uh, with, you know, you being new to the podcast, this is your first time on, uh, do you mind introducing yourself to um, the listeners? Let them know what you what you do. Let them know about your podcast as out. Sure. So my name is Wesley Toma. I am a certified relationship and intimacy coach. I, spe- I specialize in the LGBTQIA plus and the kink communities. And uh, depending on when this episode will actually come out, we should, I also am doing a podcast with another life coach, uh, Laura Sweet, Sweet, Sweetman, excuse me. Uh, it's called These Queer Stories. And that'll be out, I believe we're going to do every once a week. And that's going to basically be stories about, you know, queer coming out as queer and living our lives queer and just kind of helping people be their true authentic selves Ooh, sounds beautiful and wait so that means you're in the that group so we're mm-hmm. we're in the same thing oh my gosh how did i not put those things together because <laughs> i've actually interviewed Lori, so she has some episodes yes. on here too oh my gosh i uh, see this is why i need to like pay more attention to the discord it, it's funny because she messaged me she's like oh my god you need to talk to this person they're amazing and then she sent me your link and i'm like oh i'm already scheduled for that one <laughs> <laughs> look at that god i love Lori. she's oh. she's great so you all, so um, by this point, because Lori's episode is definitely coming out, uh, I think it's two weeks before this one. So mm-hmm. um, the listeners would have already listened to her, then they listened to you. And now look, you got mashed together and join them on their uh, their platform, listen to their episodes. And I think 
because this is uh, actually going to be airing in March. And sorry, people, mm-hmm. it's November right now, technically November. <laughs> so if you are a fan and you've been around and you know about November, you know what's going on this month. And yes, I am recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes, look at that. That is beautiful. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Now that we got that out of the way, let's get into the juiciness of this conversation, because uh, I remember in our intake meeting, um, one of the things that we were talking about is uh, like within the kink spectrum, within um, you meeting with new people, how you match preferences, understanding what their likes, your likes, and having that conversation. What does that look like for somebody who's never been to uh, a uh, never engage in those kind of conversations with the partner, be it outside of kink or in, incorporating kinks? Well, one thing that I, I always say is within kink, um, it, some of the things we do in kink is very, I think are very useful for the vanilla world, as we call it, you know, for you, you for the, those normies out there that don't like to have fun when they have sex, I guess. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we love but, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> So a lot of things that we do in kink, and, I'm, and I know I've talked to a lot of kinksters who also agree with this, you know, we, we are very big on consent. We're very big mm-hmm. on communication. We're very big on negotiation. Right? We want to talk through things. You know, I don't, you know, I've been married for 10 years and I still will negotiate sometimes with my husband. You know, we just, we just opened our relationship recently and anybody I, I, I meet with, I'm having a nego- negotiation, whether we're doing a kink scene or we're just going to, you know, get naked and have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to negotiate. And a lot of people find that very surprising, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm like, no, no, I don't want to just jump into bed and have sex. I want to know what you want, what you, what is, what are not good to go, what is not, what are you not going to do? What are the hard stops? And, you know, I want to know what it's going to look like when we're done. Like, are you just going to, are you going to fuck them and flee? Or are we going to talk and cuddle? Like, I want to know this stuff ahead of time so I can prepare for it. Exactly. And like, I, I even find that, uh, in, you know, whenever I engage with people outside of kink uh, relationships is that like, um, just having that conversation, like, what are your likes? What do you like to do during sex? And the only thing that they can say is like their sexual position, sexual role or something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm like, okay, outside of that, what are some of the things that you like to do to other people, as well mm-hmm. as what do you want done to you? Because I want this this engagement that we're in to be mutually pleasurable because I don't want you to feel as though that you're left out and I'm definitely not going to meet up if I'm going to be left out I'm just being real like (laughs) (laughs) I want to uh, make sure that by the end of this exchange we both walk away feeling satisfied and uh, I always uh, provide aftercare even if uh, like if someone just doesn't need it and they just end up like okay we've done that I'm out cool that's great mm-hmm. but uh outside of those people who are immediately trying to leave or um they've gotten theirs or what have you i love to just sit down have a conversation check in see how they're doing just mm-hmm. like did you have a good time i had a good time what did you like what didn't you like um mm-hmm. um is this something that you now feel as though is going to be an ongoing thing because uh, first off, I r- rarely meet up with any person that is not trying to do anything ongoing. But at the same time, after you have that uh, initial sexual experience together, you, there's a shift 
rather okay i did not like it as much as i thought i would so we're not or i actually did enjoy this and i do want to meet up uh, more often so it's like mm -hmm. having those conversations with people and that's just a huge surprise for some people like i've had sexual partners that i've been uh intimate with like years ago and they were just like yeah ever since the time that we met up i've never gotten that same experience from anybody <laughs> like, yeah like, demand it like <laughs> yeah. and and i'll even i'll even say you know during that time i i look for constructive criticism because you know i know i'm not perfect i i'm not the perfect lover and i know i i don't do everything the way everybody you know there's no such thing as a perfect lover because everyone's bodies differently everyone feels things differently anyway so what i'm like what i've been used to i know i know my husband i've known him for 15 for 12 years now so i know what he likes i don't know what these random people that i'm meeting up like so i need to learn so i, I like criticisms because it helps me learn to be that better person to be that better partner you know so i love having those conversations afterwards i love having this you know just sit there and just kind of relax maybe a little cuddling just some chatting how was it how you doing how do you feel you know that was great this is whatever I, those conversations for me are just sometimes just as fulfilling as mm -hmm. the actual encounter itself you know and but you know and like on the same side of it i've been with the with the guys who've been like well I just, i'm just gonna leave i'm just gonna go I'm like okay you that's fine as long as i knew that ahead of time then i can you know you'll say like grab my husband and we can do aftercare together because you know i'm gonna need aftercare you know if it's a scene or not you know no matter what part you're playing no matter what position you're in you know you need some sort of aftercare mm -hmm. so if i'm not going to get it from them i'm going to get my i want my aftercare <laughs> right <laughs> oh that would be very amazing if there was like an app for aftercare you know what let me just go ahead and make that <laughs> there we go <laughs> trade trademark no one still his idea it, right um but like that okay get out of that mind space of this damn app <laughs> but like um, those kind of conversations are definitely needed. And like, um, I, I really do hate that there's like people go into sexual spaces without pretext, without mm -hmm. understanding what people really want to do. Like the thing that really pisses me off is whenever I hear somebody say that, oh, they've been fucking all this time. They supposed to know what to do. They should know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know your body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just meeting you like, yes, um, because of my educational background, because of my experiences with other people, I do know the majority of um, like erogenous zones on people. But at the same time, I don't know if that this erogenous zone is going to turn you on or not. If you have a traumatic response because of this, like I need to know these things. Like uh, mm -hmm. there was a podcaster that I was um, speaking to named Mill and she was like, um, there was a point in time she did not like it when her sexual partner slept on her ass because of some of the abuse that she's experienced in her past. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have to um, have these conversations to know that, oh, I cannot slap this person on the ass. I cannot suck this person's dick. I cannot um, suck on this person's clit or eat their ass or whatever the case is. Or mm -hmm. Uh, I need to apply soft suctions on nipples or I can bite as hard as I want. These yeah. conversations are important. Very important. And these conversations should also happen during the act, not, mm -hmm. not in, in terms of negotiation, but in terms of like how you feel, how does that feel? How does that work for you? You know, I've, cause just like you were saying, you know, I enjoy oral sex. I enjoy giving, I enjoy receiving. Um, I particularly enjoy giving and I've been, I've had, partners where you know 
you, 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 you play with the tip and you suck on the tip a little bit and they love that. And I've had partners that are like, that's just too sensitive for them. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's not like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's just, like you said, everybody is different. And if I just kept doing that and no, and I wasn't, and I wasn't told, or I wasn't told ahead of time, I'm not going to know better. And you're going to have a bad experience. And I don't want you to have a bad experience and you shouldn't have a bad experience. Like uh, that triggered a memory of uh, a former sexual partner of mine who lives in Atlanta that uh, every now and again when I do visit I do meet up with this person and I'm not a huge fan of sucking dick but I Mm -hmm. would do it for certain people most definitely like if there's a pretty dick and like this person actually does have a pretty I'm just like yes I I will do that for you but (laughs) this same person doesn't like uh, to have his dick sucked however now things are different because he was more on the penetration side of things like anal play and now that i guess over the last two years he's like yeah i don't like penetration anymore i just want people to suck my dick and i'm like where were you where was this person back when we were frequently seeing each other like where was this person at like i've been wanting to do this for so long and now i don't even know if i want to do this for you (laughs) which which also brings up another point in relationships that discussion should constantly happen because you always mm-hmm. change. Exactly. My sexual preferences, just my sexual preferences from five years ago or even last year, really, are different than they are now. They're not hugely different, but they're different. And mm-hmm. I want different things now than I did then. So you need to keep continually. That's what I said. Ten years we've been married, and we still have these conversations because we change. People evolve, mm-hmm. and if you don't talk about it, you're not gonna you're not gonna keep up with each other, and that's when things go bad. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, another thing that we um, did talk about, uh, mm-hmm. I think I brought this one up, was compromising in relationships, because I know for myself, I don't believe in compromising, but I do believe in negotiating and having these conversations, because for me, compromise requires sacrifice, mm-hmm. but it's you can easily agree on different things. Like, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'm comfortable with that. Enjoy what you want to do. I just don't have to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but making or having having someone sacrifice something or reduce their capacity of experiencing themselves uh, in a whole, in a full and whole way seems um, damaging, like like it would damage the relationship eventually. Uh, So what is your sentiment upon, uh, based on, you know, what I just said in terms of compromising in relationships? Yeah, I think there's a difference between compromising and um, consent. Mm-hmm. In, in a way like I, I think i think some relationships depending and again depending on the situation there can be some quote-unquote compromises but i think it's more of just accepting the other person's boundaries you know like there is certain like you know i am we are part of the kink community and i can fully say that there i have some kinks that don't align with him and he has some kinks that don't align with me mm-hmm. and i don't feel like i'm compromising because we haven't done those things you know but at the same time, when we do do those things, I know that, you know, we're making the effort for the, the other person because they enjoy it. So I see it as more of like boundaries. Like I know there are certain things, I, I, there are hard stops that I would like to do, but I know I can't do that. And, and I'm fine with that. And I don't feel like I'm compromising. I don't feel like it's hurting my relationship. I, I feel like it's, I'm, ex- I'm respecting his boundaries mm-hmm. and he's respecting my boundaries. And, you know, 
and, and in a, in a way, that's partially why we opened our relationship because we were, we were talking about it. We said, these things we, we want, we don't care if we get them, but we do want them. So mm-hmm. why don't we find somebody who's willing to do those things for us since we're not willing to do them for, for each other? The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss includes kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. Why don't we find somebody who's willing to do those things for us since we're not willing to do them for for each other, you know, and, and let somebody else, that somebody who does enjoy that stuff, do that stuff. So, you know, like, so I don't have to, so he doesn't have to. Exactly. So um, you you mentioned that B word. <clears throat> you know, I'm not talking about bitch, but you know, we love a bad <laughs> bitch. We always love a bad bitch. Who but doesn't? boundaries. Mm-hmm. So uh, of course, within relationships, boundaries are important. It's definitely important to respect your partner's boundary and for your partner to respect your boundaries. Boundaries are necessary, regardless of what the relationship is, um, be it family mm-hmm. members, friends, co-workers, um, your intimate partners, um, children. Boundaries are important and respecting yes. them, regardless of who the person's um, person may be, is just as important. So how does one set a, ho- a healthy boundary? That I, That's a tough question to ask, to answer, only because I think the, that it's, from what I, from my experiences, it's partner to partner. Mm-hmm. I think the, the best, the, the best blanket answer to give would be set the boundaries that you're both comfortable with mm-hmm. and be as honest and open as you can, because if you're not, then you, you there's a potential of not setting the boundaries where you where you need them to be mm. when you're not when you're not and when you're not truthful with yourself you know you can't be truthful with your partner but what those boundaries are obviously it depends from partner to partner from relationship to relationship from day to day you know but i think ultimately as long as you can be truthful to you mm-hmm. and you can be open and honest and 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 trust each other mm-hmm. you know trust each other to accept you know each other's limitations and not judge each other, then you can set whatever boundaries you need to. And I don't think it's going to be, I don't, I don't believe it would ever be an issue. Mm, I agree. Uh, and I think like most definitely with boundaries and just a boundary conversations, like you, uh, you know, that's a, another phase of communication and mm-hmm. understanding how to communicate with your partner and, and with those people that you're involved yourself with and also recognizing that boundaries do change it's like it's not mm-hmm. like a brick wall that's never going to go anywhere think of it more like lego sometimes you want to uh dress it up a different way add this block take a block away or make it into a whole another design mm-hmm. uh, the boundaries are some things that are meant to change um mm-hmm. they're 
yes, there are a such thing as fixed boundaries, but you mm -hmm. also have to understand what those fixed boundaries mean. Are, and also, um, I will say in terms of uh, my tip in terms of setting a healthy boundary is knowing when a boundary is based within a, an insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, and when there that boundary is uh, set because there's a lack of trust in your partner too, uh, because I <laughs> I get peeved every time I see someone um, have make that comment that oh I cannot have my partner going outside looking all fine because I don't want other people to be going after them and. Me personally, not to judge those people who do that, again, look into yourself to see if that's an insecurity or if that's just the way that you're, you want your relationships to be, whatever the case is. But for me, I don't mind if someone is attracted to my partner and they want to date them. I will literally watch them hit on somebody in front of me because I'm just like, oh, this poor child doesn't even know <laughs> like, they're going home with me regardless, but enjoy. I want my partner to feel sexy on a regular basis. And if they, if someone hitting on them in a public space makes them feel sexy, go for it. Because at the end of the day, I still find you sexy and other people find you sexy and look, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Do you know the term compersion? Yes. So for any, any of the listeners who may not know, it's compersion is basically deriving joy and pleasure from the joy and pleasure of others, in a nutshell. Um, when we first talked about opening up, one of the things I was, you know, we talked about the potential of jealousy because, you know, there, there, that could be a thing. Uh, I told, like, what I, what I told my husband was that I don't think the jealousy is going to be an issue on my side because the thought of him having fun, whether it's with me or not, the fact of him enjoying himself, having great pleasure, just brings such joy to my heart. Like I can, I can remember when we first opened our relationship. The first person he had, he his first partner he had that wasn't me. You know, we, I was so elated for him. I felt so good. You know, and then like his part, the partner left, and we, and I talked to him. Like, tell me all about it. I want to hear about your great time. And you know, I've got such joy from it. And I think there's a lot of people out there that can learn that traits you know like you said there are people that are like i don't want my my partner going out all sexy looking because i don't want people looking fuck it that's your partner they're looking at you should be proud and you should let them be proud to be who they are and you should be proud that you get to have you that that partner is your partner and you get to be with them you know enjoy embrace the joy embrace the compliments embrace the happiness and don't don't let it sour you because what's what's going to happen if it sours you it's going to eventually sour the relationship it's going to end the relationship and that sh the, the partner's just going to go with somebody who's going to treat them differently or not feel so negatively you know and it's like nobody wins uh, really nobody wins in those situations when exactly. when you're when you're being jealous Exactly. And I think that's the saddest part of it is that no one really wins because uh, these streets are crazy for one. Like, oh, my God, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a lot of people who are very insecure these days. Yep. And there's people who are stressed out. There's people who just use sex as, you know, a tool to of escape and distraction mm -hmm. from everything that they're going on. So there's a lot of energies you have to go against out in these streets these days. <laughs> so it's like to uh, 
have a partner feel as though that they just have to get remove themselves from a relationship just because you're not seeing the beauty that they have or you're jealous that other people are seeing the beauty that you don't want others to acknowledge um, and you don't want to expose them to the public you know if you're trying to hold them back mm -hmm. then it hurts for me you know projecting my feelings onto them but it hurts um me to know that they had something and now they have to let that go grieve that relationship and uh, go back out here and get into these situations where they either have to refine love find something with just as much quality and how many people that that may entail until they discover that one person that they really do feel secure with mm -hmm. and that in itself is like a little bit heartbreaking and then the person who caused that to happen their guilt that they have to hold on to the uh insecurity that stems from that because of their uh self-fulfilling prophecy of that oh they're just going to leave me for another person but they left you because you wouldn't allow them to be beautiful in public mm -hmm. you wouldn't mm -hmm. allow them to exist without uh having to bear the weight of your jealousy mm -hmm. so at the end of the day, yeah, you were the main reason why they left, but now you're grieving and feeling guilty of that relationship and what else were they supposed to do? Yeah, and I mean, there's no way of knowing, but that could have been potentially the the, the life, the love of your life. Mm -hmm. had, had you just had a little bit more compersion, a little bit less, you know, insecurity and, and again insecurity is it's a it's a big deal i have insecurities too we i think everyone does it's but it's about how you let them control you and if you let them ruin good things you, who knows what that could have been you know mm -hmm. like uh, i remember telling one of my former students well he was a uh, staff member um he was working under me uh he was in this mindset because there was this young lady who broke his heart uh she like slept with his friend and he really loved this girl and whatnot and i told him like i understand your pain i understand the hurt that you're feeling because of this act but that woman because his his mindset is that oh i need to go out here and dog these bitches because these bitches is dogging me so mm -hmm. uh, i pretty much was like look if you continue on that with that mindset and you go out here and you're you believe that every uh woman that you encounter is going to be that that same person that woman who hurt you and you're so focused on dogging them and dogging them and dogging them you're going to get to this one young lady who's going to put up with everything that you're doing want to work things out want to be with you want to love you and show you that i'm not that woman who hurt you that is going to come to a point where she's broken and leave you and that's when you realize that this was the one person that you always wanted but she's mm -hmm. no longer going to be comfortable or trust you enough because of the actions that you put her through and no one can be uh, at fault other than yourself because you wanted to treat her like the woman that hurt you and just having that conversation made him realize that maybe i probably shouldn't operate in the space of hurt yeah i can tell you a story and this is kind of advice that I, a story that i usually give with some advice mm -hmm. uh when i first met my husband he had recently come out of a very abusive style relationship uh very I, I don't it wasn't physical physically abusive but it was a very abusive relationship so he had some certain mindsets about how people treat him or how he how he 
it should be treated or how people react to certain things. And so when we first started dating, I would say something or I would do something and he would say, well, most people do this or most people do that. And we had that. We, this is thankfully we, we were, we could communicate because I, we were able to figure out that it was his ex who caused them to have these feelings. And, you know, I would constantly be like, I'm, I'm not him. I'm not him. I'm not going to treat you like he did. Not everyone is like that. Yes, there are people like that. And he's not the only one, but I'm not, you know? And so the, the advice I usually give with that is communication is so important because had we not had that communication, had we not been able to have those communications, he'd keep a mindset that, you know, when I did certain things, I meant it this way. And then he, it, mm-hmm. it would, it would, my dream life would have been destroyed because we couldn't talk to each other, you know, because of past injuries. And on top of that, those people who like, who sit there and it's like your friend who says, well, this, she dogged me. So, you know, all these women dog and whatever, he's going to pass that on Mm -hmm. to whatever, whatever woman he's with. And then, and that it's like, it's like a constant never ending cycle of, of damage and abuse and insecurities that builds and builds and builds. So you're not just hurting you. You're not just hurting your partner. You're hurting other people too. You know, so don't, you know, it's kind of like they say when you, you know, something that I had to learn, you know, being, you know, a, a white guy, you know, we perpetuate a lot of hate as white people. And it's not, I don't do it on purpose, but I know my family and I know where we come from. And, and I had to accept the fact that, you know, I can perpetuate certain things because of my background. And I had to do everything I could to not be that person. Mm. You know, so I, and I, I kind of, it's in, in this kind of a similar vein, it's the same thing. It's like, get past those ideal, those ideas of the way it should be and get into the ideas of where it, where it needs to be. Mm, yes. And I think that's a good way to tie into the uh, other topic that I wanted to get into, which, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, with the subject, the topic of this episode being ideal relationships, you uh, actually mentioned how you don't really like that term of ideal relationships because no yeah. relationship is perfect. Because exactly. uh, perfect relationships they really do not exist they do not and I definitely do agree with that because look things have to be worked on there's no Mm -hmm. perfect human being therefore there's there will never be a perfect relationship so um what what is your um well let's just let me just do this um go off (laughs) speak your (laughs) mind about how perfect relationships do not exist rant if you need to go all in You, you have the floor all right. Yeah. Like you said, I don't agree with the term perfect relationships. I feel like everything, anything that's considered perfect is, is flawed just in its perfection. I, I feel like that there's no such thing as perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. There are things that we can perceive as perfect. You know, I, I definitely don't have the perfect marriage, but I have, in my opinion, a close to perfect marriage for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't mean it's a perfect marriage. You know, I, I'm just content. I'm happy with what it is. So and I've, it's kind of go, what goes back and, I, you know, I keep kind of twisting it into like a slightly political thing. Um, but this goes back into like my when I when I was learning like allyship and DEI, because I'm very I'm also very strong in, in DEI and try to be try to ally as much as I can. Uh, one, of, one of the things I was taught at the beginning is don't be a good person, be a good ish person. Good people don't fail. You're going to fail. You know, good people are perfect. You're not perfect. 
good-ish people make mistakes, learn from their mistakes and move on. And I think that's, I, for me, it's the same thing with, with, with a relationship. You know, it's not gonna, you're not gonna have a perfect relationship. You're gonna make mistakes. The point isn't to not make them. The point is to learn from them and grow from them. You know, where, I don't care how old you are, whether you're, you're 20 or you're 80, you're still learning. You're still growing as a, as a human being. And the second you stop trying to grow and trying to learn and think everything is good as it is, is when you create this quote unquote perfect relationship in your head. And that's when things start to fall apart. Mm. And I love that you mentioned that we are constantly growing, regardless of how old you are, mm -hmm. you're still growing, you're still learning, you're still educating yourself. Because one of the things that I refuse to do, okay, sometimes I might slip it up and say it, but I try my best not to call myself grown. Um, like I'm not trying to say I'm a grown adult. I like to say that I'm a growing adult because I'm still learning. Like uh, sometimes I am in a room with a lot more older people and I feel like I'm a four-year-old because I'm just like, mm -hmm. why Why is everybody here 50? Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> I, I'm trying to relate with everybody. I love you people. You are very intelligent people, but at the same time, can we like, mm -hmm. can we not make me feel like I'm a child right now? <laughs> like mm -hmm. I have degrees on degrees. Can we not make me feel like a child? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like those kind of things, but even being in those spaces and learning from these people is showing that I'm still growing, that I'm still uh, moving to a different space than I was yesterday. And to put a cap on that and limit yourself does nothing but hurt you in the end. It keeps you yeah. from exposing yourself to uh, a, a broader sense of what our reality provides of us, mm -hmm. a broader sense of what our lives can be because we decided to just say, oh, I'm done. I'm done growing. I'm grown. I can do whatever I want. Everything is established the way that I know it, and that's it. But guess what? Life still goes on outside of what your perspective is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to just wake up to the fact that, oh, there's a lot more things. Yesterday, Pluto was a planet. Oh, today it's, it's a dwarf star. Oh, wait, now <laughs> it's just a dwarf planet. Oh, wait, it might be something else. It's a comet. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, perfect example, you know, there was a time where cigarettes were healthy for you. Exactly. You know, and like, I, I, I don't like the term adult either. I'm kind of similar to you. I don't say I'm a growing adult. But I, I just, I, I turned into a verb. I say I'm adulting. Yes. And it's because that's what it is for me. It's not being, I don't think you are. Honestly, I still look at myself as, a, as the 12 year old that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Just in an old, in a, in a, in a man's body that has to, has responsibilities and job in a job, you know, <laughs> like I go around my father who's in his seventies and I still feel like the teenager. That, that I was when I was a kid, you know, but then I look at, you know, like I have an, a niece that just graduated college and I remember the day she was friggin' born, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, I, and, and, you know, growing up, I realized it's what you, you end up realizing like your parents didn't know everything, even though you thought they did, mm -hmm. they were, they were learning as they went too. So that's normal. So yeah, I, I use the term adulting and I think, like I said, you always learning. Cause when you, when you look at like bigotry and hypocrisy and ignorance, those are the people who stop trying to learn. Those are the people who stop trying to grow. They shut themselves off to growth. And that's what, that's what, that's what stems. And that's what creates that. 
Yes. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because the first thing that came to my mind was tradition. And I, not that I don't like the term or I don't like traditions, uh, like traditional, like behaviors, events, and things like that. But I hate whenever I'm in like a a place of work and we're just like, oh, this is just a tradition. But I'm just like, why can we not find an innovative way to embrace this tradition and still be inclusive of everybody be make sure that uh, all voices are heard to make sure that we're Mm -hmm. up to um, standard with a Mm -hmm. lot of things like we don't have to stick to the traditional thing that is just putting a cap on it like Mm -hmm. how can we like if there's a festival a traditional festival that's great we can do that but when it comes to human behavior and we're trying to say oh this is the tradition humans change every single day like we evolve every single day Mm -hmm. like our genetic code changes with everything that we do on every single day so why why should we try to make human behavior fit into one box I hate when people come, when people say, oh, well, he's from a different time or she's from a different time. Like that's, that's bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. And I, there was a time when I believed that, but that was when I was young and ignorant and stupid. Now that I'm, now that I'm older and I'm the age of these people who are from a different time. I, and I realize like people I know and people I associate with are willing to learn, are willing to grow that, that doesn't make sense. And here's, here's another good example. Before life coaching, you know, in the life, I, I, I worked in a tech company. And one of the things I was trying to do was promote the change of language. Because for those who don't know anything about the tech world, there's a lot of very problematic language derived from the tech world that kind of came up from the beginning. You know, terms that they're not comfortable, at least for me, and they're not comfortable a lot. Of and, and even even out of tech world, if you anything, that's a perfect example is, you know, when you whitelist or blacklist something, it's mm-hmm. very, you know, blacklist is bad, whitelist is good. And that came from, you know, racism and slavery and all that stuff in the in the past. That's what that, those terms mm-hmm. derive from. So I was working with, I was trying to work with my company, say, hey, let's change some of these terms, you know, white, white hat hackers, black hat hackers, you know, whitelist, blacklist, you know, we use a term when you talk about you know not as much anymore because we don't because hardware is different but when you look at a computer at one time you would have the master hard drive and a slave hard drive and mm-hmm. you know like these and even now when you talk about certain groups getting together they're tribes and you know you have a try you have a tribal chief and you know it's like so there's a lot of this very appropriate language i reached out to somebody in my company and say hey can we can, I mean, I'm just a nobody, but can we talk about this? And they, they that's what they literally say. Like, well, this is this is traditional language. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. And I was like, well, no, when you talk like that, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, but there's nothing we can do about it. I go, but then I was like, well, look at, look at some of these other companies. Because at the time, you know, you look at some of these other tech companies and they've made some of the changes I was, I was suggesting. You know, they, it was in the news years ago that they made these changes. And I'm like, they did it. So that's, that's, that's a stupid, that, that holds no water that statement holds no water because it can be changed we just need to affect change exactly oh my gosh now i'm thinking about my days in housing and (laughs) because like on the university campus um whenever there's the split up between uh residence halls like oh you have to have the all male all female and then uh Mm because you know 
me being me, I'm like, so what do we do when it comes to transgender students? Well, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't, um, mm -hmm. we, it's like, but you know, there's a possibility that this can happen, right? Like, why mm -hmm. don't we just make gender neutral resident halls throughout the entire yeah. campus? I get that, oh, the parents are going to be wild and upset because they think their kids are going to have sex. Their, your, their kids are having sex now. Like, mm -hmm. they're fucking, okay? Your kids are fucking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there we go the case is closed your yeah. daughter almost came back pregnant but luckily at the time as well in the state in which in that city that I was in she can get an abortion for 400 dollars. she's good yeah. she's got yeah. okay it, it gets <laughs> she even knows more, this yeah it gets even more confusing when you throw the, the non-binary people into the mix too because then where do they live exactly <laughs> so i'm like can we just not do these can we not play these games <laughs> like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah anyways before i go into my higher ed rant because there's a <laughs> lot of issues with higher ed that i need to get off my chest but that comes on the show <laughs> oh another show <laughs> uh, we met well you mentioned it a little bit earlier on in the conversation i'm bringing mm -hmm. it back because uh, we were talking about preferences and then also negotiations mm -hmm. uh, of those preferences but relationships themselves also mm -hmm. change over over time what are some of the things i I know like most definitely with uh, you opening up your relationship uh, with your husband and then um, like even with some of the clients that you've seen, mm -hmm. what are some of the changes that you've noticed that uh, some people have experienced, expressed to you or you've experienced in terms of like where they were before and where they are today? Yeah. Um, so without giving too much away from about clients, because, you know, obviously I don't want to give yeah. too much away. I'll, I'll give an example from my life. Um, because and this is a, this is something I, I like tell people because uh, as a coach, I, 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 I coach from experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want people to understand that it's like, yes, I coach to the LGBTQIA plus and the King communities. I coach to them because I'm part of that. I understand them and I've been there and I'm very, you know, I sometimes will do sex ed education as well. And when I do that, I'm very strong on negotiation and consent. And that's because that's something that I, I know because that's something I personally had to learn myself. When I first met my husband, uh, I come from a, I come from a very, very white, very Republican family who never talked about their feelings. And, you know, if you went to a therapist, you were weak, you know, this is the mindset we had. I'm sorry. So, I've, I've grown up luckily I've gotten out of it um but yeah so when I met when I met him that was kind of where my mind was he's very different than that he's he's practic he's a he's more like a socialist and he's like you know Greenpeace and you know capitalism is terrible and you know all cops are bad and this is this is who he was and this is everything that I was like this is not this is not me but through being with him and he taught he taught me to communicate Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to communicate. He taught me how to communicate, um, or I shouldn't say taught me, but he allowed me to be comfortable and truthful and honest with myself so I could be comfortable, truthful, and honest with him. Mm -hmm. And he did it in a way that was ju judgment-free. So because of him, I learned I learned communication. I learned the, the idea that it's constant. You know, It's not just like you do it once and it's over. It's daily sometimes hourly you know and, and because of him like when i when we first met we were both very vanilla you know we had ideas of kink but we were very vanilla but because we were so we gained that comfort in that judgment-free zone with each other so well we were we were comfortable and willing enough to say hey 
these are some things I'm, I've been wanting to try for a while. How do you feel? Let's try it. Now, you know, now we're fully into the King community. And that's something that I learned with while being with him, you know, and, you know, be, be, when I became a life coach, it was honestly, you know, and I will say this, I say this in every, pretty much every interview and I'll say it till the, to the day I die. The re only reason I am, I can, I feel like I can do what I do is because he showed me what it was like to be, you know, to do it correctly. And he was, he kind of brought me into the light and kind of nurtured me to grow, to help me grow. So I say all that to say, you know, coming from a very white, very Republican background, that therapy was was weakness. I love a good cry now. And yes. I can I can learn. I've learned from my from my past. I've learned from my my upbringing. And I've become a better person because of it. And not because of my upbringing, but because of my learning. Uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I think I have become a better person from my upbringing because I learned what I don't want to be mm. from, from my upbringing. I look at my parents and I look at my family. I think I never want to be that, those, that just like that. I want to be better. So yeah, I think I did learn from that. I, but I think I also, I did learn a lot from him. And I think I learned a lot from being in a relationship where we were truthful, honest, and upfront and judgment-free with each other. So we could get to those points in our relationship where we can say, hey, this is how I feel. You know, this is what I think. This is this is my my feelings on that. This is what I want to try and not feel like I'm going to, either of us is going to be made fun of or 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 judged or looked down upon because we want to try something quote unquote weird or different. Mm. Oh, all I can hear is the the power of a safe space. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Oh. Like uh and and it's a safe space is frightening to any person who's never experienced one. And I mean in fairness, a safe space can be frightening to people who have experienced them too, because it's, it's a lot of vulnerability there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because uh when I think about when I engage with people and I let them know, hey, I'm not gonna judge you, or even giving people letting them know that you can say no, like you have mm -hmm. the permission to say no, because yes. some people don't believe that it's okay for them to say no to certain things or like um, they don't want to let somebody down or they feel like uh, if they reject somebody, it makes them a bad person. I'm like, no, say no. It's I want you mm -hmm. to give me this feedback. Let me know. Like if like most of if someone's uh, not interested in me or, uh, or what have you, I want you to just say it. I'm not going to be hurt by that. That lets me yeah. know, okay, do not engage or, oh, we cannot do this, this specific sexual act because you're not comfortable with that. And I'm not going to force you into doing that. Or um, if you like, even with my um, regular, uh, one of the conversations we had earlier on, because I told him like, for me, for uh, if you're looking for a friends with benefits and I believe in being a friend with this person. So I'm going to ask you about your life. I'm going to ask you about what's going on and have these conversations with you because I actually do want to build that friendship with you. Uh, and uh, he mentioned that, oh, no, I don't uh, like this is after a while. So I, I don't like it when you ask me these personal questions. I'm like, OK, well, let's change this, you know, verbiage that we're using, uh, at least for myself, we can just be fuck buddies and mm -hmm. we can just leave this at surface level conversations and sex. I'm comfortable with that. That's perfectly fine with me. At least now I know what your boundaries are and mm -hmm. like um, not, uh, I don't really get that level of conversation or communication with 
the general person because they're either too uncomfortable to have these conversations or they don't have that permission uh they feel as though they don't have that permission or they're afraid of the the space that they're in to uh approach vulnerability with another person mm -hmm. yeah it's you know since i like i said we we are newly open but because of that i've been on the dating field and god it's as bad as it was when i was in my 20s um <laughs> probably worse because now we have all these apps where you know you can just get un you know unsolicited dick pics like every five seconds oh uh, but uh, i people it's 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 funny how some people when in my profiles i say i'm looking for friends you know preferably with with benefits i want to get to know a person because random hookups are not my thing and i feel i feel like a better connection when there is a connection you know, intimacy is better for me when there is the connection. You know, if assuming the guys, some of these guys even read the profile, they come into this, and when they realize that I, when I said friends with benefits, I actually meant friends who may happen to sleep with each other. Mm -hmm. And it was going to be more than just, you know, like you said, surface and then hook up, they're gone. You know, they're just gone. Like I'm, I'm talking to this one guy right now. And we've been talking for a couple of weeks now. We're actually going on our, our first date on Friday. And we have not yet at all, like in the last couple of weeks, it's never gone sexual. It's never gone into like sexting or, you know, talking about anything. I think at the very beginning, we may have mentioned what our, what our ideal preferences are. But then from there, it's just been strictly getting to know each other. Mm. And for me, it's been so fulfilling to have that because it's like, that's, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. You know, and I know, like, even with uh, how I engage with some people on the apps and whatnot, I really do look into conversations because, you know, being I do consider myself a conversationalist because look, we, we're on the converse, uh, we're having a conversation on the podcast. It, look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got one season down, so I, I, I'm comfortable enough to say I'm a conversationalist, but like, when I'm communicating with people on apps. I realized that one of the things that I just genuinely do not want to do is teach somebody how to communicate anymore. Right. Like there was a point in time where I will be like, hey, okay, I, I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. This is not, um, this did not come across the way that I was receiving it. Like, what can we do together to ensure that we are communicating um, just fine? Like, you know, give them the language so that it betters our communication with each other but these days i'm just like i i just cannot do it anymore because mm -hmm. of having to do that on a ongoing basis for so long it's, it gets tiring uh and i know that's mm -hmm. kind of bad on my uh my side because it's like you cannot ask for a communicator if uh if you are not willing to give that service to somebody but I'm also of that mindset. I prefer somebody that's already built. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if I could find someone that's built, we're good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's so, it's so funny for me because I had, I do sex education because I am a coach. I'm basically teaching people how to communicate on a regular basis anyways. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to a relationship, for me, it doesn't bother me as much, but I, I like there to be at least a certain level of, 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 um, understanding mm -hmm. like if i had to, if, I, if i had to educate me from 15 years ago i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it but if i could you know if i could find someone who has a base understanding that i can work off of mm -hmm. i will i'm happy to do it and i think well, to bring it back to relationships i think when it comes to relationships if you find that person that you communicate with sometimes it is worth 
going the extra mile to yes. kind of fill in fill in those gaps. But you know, you're not going to have those relationships if you're coming from different areas, different places, completely different places. And you know, you like you're basically starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. That person has then that person still needs a lot has a lot of learning to do, and they can do it, but they maybe need to find a better better way to do it than who they're being you know, who they're partnering with at the time. Mm, I definitely agree with you there. Like, um, most definitely like the base level. Oh, we, we, we're good. Um, it's like, for me, like one of the things I'm doing my best to control is having to bring work home and anything that makes me feel as though I'm working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I don't want to partake in it. Um, so it's like, even whenever I, like one of the things I uh, love to ask people is, how are you? And mm-hmm. see how they respond. And it's not like, if they respond good, well, whatever, that's not the purpose of me doing that. It's to see if they are willing to further that conversation forward. Are they willing to ask me about myself too? Uh, are they willing to build on, uh, mm-hmm. like, if I ask them, what are their um, interests outside of sex? Because I, I don't want to just jump into that, even though most people, when they ask yeah. me this question, they, cause I will ask them, like, they'll ask, what are you into? I'm like, are you asking generally or sexually? Sometimes they say both. Sometimes they explicitly say sex or they just say general, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I ask people that it's giving me an opportunity to dive into their interests, to see what they like about those interests. What is, um, why are they into those things? How, when was the last time they were able to partake in that? Uh, if they're a traveler, where, what places did you go to? Like, let's build this conversation so that I get to know you and you have mm-hmm. information about me too, that we can get to know each other. Um, yeah. But sometimes it doesn't even get to that point. <laughs> no. Like sometimes somebody might just say, oh, I'm good. And I'm like, okay, that's great to know. So what are you up to? And if they're just like a one word response at that point, I'm just like, okay, well, it was nice chatting. And I'm going on to some other kind of conversation. Oh yeah, I start, uh, anytime I start any conversation on these apps just with how you, how's it going? And that is kind of to see how they respond. Mm-hmm. Most of the time you get it not, not bad or good in, in you. And that's usually like the base. That's like the bare minimum I'm, I'm looking right. for. But sometimes I'll, you get a response where they actually tell you something. And like when that happens, that's when I'm, that's when my, my brain perks mm-hmm. because that's a person that wants to talk. And that's a person that's okay, open to just having communication and having a conversation and not just looking to get into bed. Because I will say, I learned very quickly when you ask, what do you like to do? You have to be very specific that you don't necessarily mean in bed. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> or when you tell someone, hey, can you send me a picture? You have to actually, you have to specifically be specific and say, not of your dick. exactly (laughs) these are things i learned very quickly and so when i find someone who when i can say as those things for and they get it right then i'm like okay this is somebody i'm that seems to be worth pursuing at least a little bit longer exactly like um just to remind people stop sending random ass dick pics oh my Um, god (laughs) like even um like before we even sat down to have this conversation, I um, sent somebody just high, just nothing mm-hmm. really into that. And the message I got back was a dick pic. And I'm just like, <laughs> I said, hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like, I did not want think I was going to be saying hello to a dick. 
can I get a person? Like one of my rules, because so many people are fixated on news. One of my um, rules is because like for me, I, I've become like, I used to just not send them or anything like that. Um, but that was mostly out of hurt to be real mm-hmm. because of some mm-hmm. insecurities from back in the day. But I, you know, worked on that. A nude pic is whatever it is, but mm-hmm. I refuse to send a nude picture to somebody who does not send me a face picture because I'm like, you're asking for me to send a personal and private part of myself, but you're unwilling to send something that is available to the public to see. If we're in a grocery store, I can see your face. I can't see your dick, your ass, or anything like that unless you address me. But you know, I have, I don't have that <laughs> available on my phone because look, y'all motherfuckers are, are gross. <laughs> so <laughs> no airdropping available around here. But mm-hmm. I'm not seeing your penis. I'm not seeing your asshole. I'm not seeing these things. I can see your face. However, on these apps, you um, because that is the norm, I'm expected to respond to a dick pic with an ass pic or with a tit pic or with whatever kind of picture they deem necessary mm-hmm. for their pleasure. That's not how that works around here. No. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, you know, I'll I'll get I'll get people who like reach out and like again, and it's always these faceless um, profiles uh, where it's either, you know, shot from like the, the neck down. Mm-hmm. So it focuses on like the chest and the crotch, or it's just no picture at all. Mm-hmm. And I'll get message. Like sometimes I'll get a hello first, but before I even have a chance to respond, there's five dick pics. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Your dick is lovely. Can I see your face? And then I won't hear from them. Exactly. That's the, that's the best way to get rid of a creep. Just ask for a face pic. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like, if, if you get no advice from this, this episode, that's the, that's the advice we can give you. <laughs> like this past weekend, I decided to be petty. And I was like, it's weird how, because, you know, somebody was sending dick pics and I was asking for a face pic. And, you know, when people immediately respond, you're just like, you're clearly on your phone. So it's like, I decided, okay, I'll wait a good 15 minutes if they respond. Oh, they don't. So I'm like, let me be petty. So I was like, it's weird how when you ask for a face pic, people instantly disappear. And then they're like, oh, no, I was at work, blah, 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 blah. You, uh, you cool with sending the new? I was like, no, I already told you I need a face yeah. pic. <laughs> Glad to know <laughs> that struck a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. People I, I want to see this head before you see that head. Right. But I will admit, <laughs> I do like a good uh, torso photo. I really do. I mean, who but doesn't I'm like a, a good six pack? I'm a... I'm, uh, body lover so it's like regardless of what it is like my exception because you know some people are very dl and all this other stuff i'm like okay if you send me a body pic i don't really care what size you are because i like all sizes so mm-hmm. it's like if i have a physical reaction or a arousal from the body pic that you send me we can meet up mm-hmm. um but still don't ask for that nude because you're not getting that without a face <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all fine for seeing the profiles with all the faces in it. I get being being discreet. I I get it. It's fine. But when we're in private DMs, I'm not gonna what am I what am I gonna do? Go go in and just post your photo. This I met this person on Grinder and this is what they look like. Come on. Right. I'm like, we're in 2022. People are not outing people like that anymore. Then I had to tell somebody like the only re- people that have had, that I know 
um, that I've seen online that have been outed were people who either abuse somebody, um, lied about their status, mm -hmm. and they ended up catching something. That's the mm -hmm. only time someone's ever been outed, and, or if it was a woman. All the time. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm like, most of the people that I've experienced online, offline, who were talking about anybody's business, those were the only reasons. Like, and I'm like, I, I don't care enough to post about our interactions online because one, I don't care for like, of course, I'm on the podcast, talk about my sex life all the time, but they don't even know exactly who the fuck I'm fucking. Yeah, yeah. they don't need to. Not at all. Not one damn. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, we are running out of time. So I would do one Never Have I Ever before we end okay. this uh, episode. So never have I ever had sex without any kissing involved. I have never done that. Really? Really? I came close once, but it was one of those one of those fuck him and flee type of situations. Mm -hmm. um, he specifically said, I don't do kissing. He's like, I just don't do it. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It can be very intimate, mm -hmm. uh, but we never got together. So I'm, I'm very much, I'm, I'm a tactile person myself. Like I need to be, I need to kiss. I need to cuddle. I need to caress. I need to touch. I need to smell, you know, these are things that, that I need to enjoy myself, you know? So yeah, no, I've, I've, I've never done that. <laughs> I don't think I ever wanted to either, to be honest. I have. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm not willing to kiss people during sex. I just have to have a sense of passion with somebody if I want to kiss them. Like every now and again, like with my regular, we have not kissed. But sometimes during sex, I'm just like, mm, I could probably kiss them. Actually, there was somebody I recently hooked up with during November. Uh, and this person, I extremely want to kiss, but I didn't did not want to um, push that boundary with them because I didn't know if they are into kissing. Um, but the way that we were looking into each other's eyes and I'm just like, you are putting your lips right here too frequently. And I'm just like, can I just like turn my face over and just like, can we, what are you trying to do good sir? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> because the energy that I'm feeling is telling me that I like we're going like mm -hmm. what's up <laughs> but other yeah. than that uh I like that person definitely wanted to kiss um there's people in the past that I've um, made out with during sex and things like that but I'll say a majority of my sexual experiences without kissing and you know what to put a to put a little bow on the episode that's why you need to negotiate I agree I agree good point well <laughs> now that the episode is over wesley do you have any last words that you would like to share with the audience before i close this out uh, just don't i i i live by wheat the wheaton rule uh which is don't be a dick <laughs> i think that i think everybody can learn from that but i think also on top of that trust yourself trust your feelings and trust your partners you know, not everyone is perfect. Not everyone's going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We know, we know that. We already talked about that. They're going to, we're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Don't let it bother you. You know, learn from it. Give yourself the grace. Give your partner the grace to make a mistake and to learn from those mistakes and then grow from it. Mm. Absorb that message, everyone. <laughs> Wesley, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I greatly appreciate you. And for, to you. the audience, 
Thank you all so much for listening to the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. And just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful, you are worthy of happiness and joy, you are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.